Amen. Thank you, Becky. And uh, take me back to those times being uh, taken to church growing up and, and uh, being, uh, being in Sunday school, being in, in worship, uh, growing up as a, as a child, as a teen. And uh, we appreciate those times. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about ordinary day breakthroughs and uh, look at some verses out of the uh, 18th chapter of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. I'll have the verses up on the screen, uh, or you can read from your, uh, your version or Bible or, or off of the app on your phone, wherever, whatever you got. That's, uh, that's fine. Uh, so, uh, ordinary day breakthroughs. Jeremiah 18, beginning with the first verse, reads this way. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for for your word, which is a comfort to us in all that we do. And we thank you, Lord, for, uh, for those who are here today and with us today. And, and this message is for today. And, and Lord, we just, uh, we just want to, to relax in your care and trust in you in all things. We love you, Lord, and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse me. I want to talk to you today, today about being faithful in the ordinary. And what we read about in God's word uh, along that line. Uh, being faithful in the normal, everyday, today living. And uh, uh, not only to be faithful, but in that day-to-day -day routine or day-to-day -day living that you find yourself and each one of us does we can grow and we can mature and we can experience all that you have for us in life now it's easy to get caught up it's too easy to get caught up in the big things for God uh, feeling big things for God experiencing big things for God and it's easier easy for us to go from from one big event to a, another big event, and we try to have events in order to attract people to come to church. And uh, uh, we tend to give our attention to, to those who fill the stadiums and those who fill the church buildings and those who are able to write best-selling books or uh, create music that quickly becomes number one hits or, or to go to a a church service that, oh, I can probably see myself on TV or, or uh, help, uh, help in that situation. Or we turn on the TV or we go on the internet 
and we can see all kinds of highlight reels all day long. The biggest hits in baseballs, the touchdown catches in football, the last second shots in basketball, and, and we forget about what life was like just a few years ago where you had to wait to find out. You had to wait to find out what the score was. You, we didn't know until later. Or we see somebody win the big prize uh, on Jeopardy or the Wheel of Fortune, and we wonder why couldn't that be us or one of our family members? And if it was a family member, I'm hoping that so-and-so wins because they're, they're likely to, more likely to share with everybody than, than you know, such-and-such. Such. They'll keep it all to themselves. But uh, why doesn't something ha big happen in our lives? We're, it's easy to get caught up in that. And when we begin to focus on all the big moments, we lose the power of the everyday faithfulness. We lose the power of the, of the everyday things. The power of, of the gospel is not always communicated most clearly in stadiums or churches that seat thousands of people. Years and years ago, Billy Graham, or actually it was, uh, what was the guy's name? John Wesley White was an evangelist with Billy Graham. He was coming to Dayton. And uh, we were... Uh, I was an unpaid associate there in Huber Heights, and so we got involved in that. And we went to a, a training, and uh, we were going to go to the uh, Billy Graham uh, crusade in Dayton way back in the late 80s, and, uh, and so or early 90s. I'm not really sure exactly what year it was, but uh, I remember watching the invitation being given, and all of these people just pouring down out of the stands and filling up the front of the... Uh, of the uh, of the where Billy Graham was on on his crusades and thinking, wow, the Holy Spirit's really moving. Well, in the in the training, you're given a specific seat to sit in, and if anyone from your row or the next row or two gets up and goes down, then you're supposed to be right behind them. And for every one person going down, there's at least one or two right behind them. So in that big crowd, only about one-third of those people were actual seekers, and the rest of them were standing there with a Bible and, a, and a four spiritual laws in their hand uh, to give to them. So I, 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 it was interesting to be involved in that. So uh, in speaking to a, a huge stadium is different than speaking to a congregation in a, in a church. Now, here we are, Christians, Christ followers, living out a life of holiness in our everyday lives. And there's a lot of encouragement in that. And so uh, uh, the power of the Christian life is, uh, is more than all of the big moments we experience. The power of the Christian life is more than all the big moments. The power of the Christian life is in the ordinary, everyday moments that we live. And the moments of taking care of sheep on the hillside. The moments of picking up grain uh, in a field on a Sabbath day. The moments of walking from this city to that city. And when you think of 90, 75 to 90 miles between Jerusalem and Galilee... 
there was a lot of there was a lot of walking. There was a lot. Of, there was no bus that Jesus and the disciples took. It was all one foot in front of the other, and that's a long way to walk. And uh, the moments of uh, of uh, taking care of a loved one, day after day. And this is what we find as we read our Bibles. This is what we find. We find the power of everyday, ordinary life moments. And when it's not, it's punctuated with some highlights. There are big things, but we can't live for the big things. Because there, there are times when we may feel like we're going around in circles. Now in that uh, uh, video for the... Uh, uh, the, the prayer course, we saw the, the clay on the potter's wheel going around and around. And uh, that's the way we feel sometimes in our Christian walk. Like we're going in circles. Nothing's really happening here. But you saw just the, the small touches of that person with that, uh, uh, as that clay is going around, made a huge difference in the shape and the size of that, of that uh, pot or that vase that they were making. And here we are living out our normal every day-to-day -day life as a Christian, and it's almost as exciting as watching paint dry. <laughs> but we're doing something. Some things are actually happening as we're living out these ordinary everyday moments. And sometimes uh, when we feel like things are boring, it's the same, and we... you. Know, we tend to lose our passion for it. We tend to get discouraged. We tend to get bored with God. And when that happens, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves slipping away from God. So we have to be very, very careful. But that's not the case at all. And what's really happening is that God is working around us and in us and in the ones around us and through us always. In the midst of our going to work, raising our children or, or our grandchildren, washing the dishes, mowing the yard, fixing meals, folding the laundry, shopping for groceries, things are happening while, while we're doing those things. We, we may not know it, but things are happening on the inside of us and on the outside of us. And we have to learn how to enjoy the everyday pace of things. And we have to understand that the Christian life is not a sprint. Let's get there the fastest we can. It's a marathon. It's a marathon event. A lifelong journey that God has designed to take us through this life to fully experience everlasting life. And the truth is this morning, we don't need to be worried about being special, whether we're, we're special or not. We're already special. We're already God's masterpieces. He calls us a, a priesthood. He, he calls us his loved ones. We're children of the Lord God Almighty. We're already citizens of heaven as we've placed our faith and our trust in him. We've already united with the Lord in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls. We've already done that. So enjoy your job. Take care of your family. Clean your house. 
Read your Bible. Attend worship. Pray. Be watchful. Seek to do good. Love your family, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Be generous. Laugh. Enjoy your meals. Be honest. Be kind. Live each day the best you can. And remember, in the midst of doing ordinary things, the Lord is developing our character. And when we read the Bible, we need to be very careful how we read our Bible. We just bang, 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 bang. That's the way things happen in the Bible. Bang, bang, it's it. And on our Wednesday night Bible studies, uh, as, as Larry leads us, it's become very obvious to me what's happening here. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, David is anointed to be the next king of Israel. Right? Saul has messed it up. David is anointed. He was just a boy, a teenage boy probably. But in God's eyes, he was already the next king. He had a king's anointing right there. The, the prophet Samuel anointed David to be king of Israel. But as you read David's story in chapter 18, King Saul doesn't have a ceremony and give his crown to David. No, he doesn't abdicate his throne to little teenage boy David. He doesn't welcome David as the next king. When you read chapter after chapter after chapter, David is doing all kinds of things. But he's already been anointed king. He goes back and he takes care of his father's sheep. He defeats Goliath. He becomes the son-in-law of King Saul. He develops a lifelong relationship with uh, Jonathan. He becomes a mighty warrior. He even for a time becomes a fugitive and lives with the Philistines. And uh, now all that time, all that time, David had the anointing of the king of Israel. He could have thought that God had forgotten him. Why is this happening to me? Why am I not taking care of the government? Why am I not doing all this? But the truth is God was preparing him day after day after day. He was not just to have the anointing, but to have the character of the king. So God was, God was daily guiding and helping David develop the character of a man after God's own heart. And the Bible tells us that it's a couple of decades. So for those of us, a decade is 10 years. And before David is able to ascend to the throne, now let's add this up. This means that somewhere in the neighborhood of 7,300 days that David was called king before David was actually king. Focus on that for a moment. Now, 20 years of getting up each morning and doing what you need to do, learning how to be a warrior, learning how to be a leader, learning how to run a government, government, learning how to work with people from other countries, learning how to listen to the voice of God, learning to be a good husband, which he kind of slipped up there, but uh, he was learning how to be a good father. And it's through those things that the Lord enabled him to be the person that he, he needed David to be. 
And it's through our day-to-day experiences that God develops our character to be the person that he wants us to be. It's through those things we mature and we become complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what happened to Daniel. Right? Read this story. The, the book of Daniel. We know all about Daniel, right? Well, Daniel did not become the mighty man of God we read about in chapter 6, 9, and 10 overnight. Okay? It happened day by day. Day by day. He practiced a life of holiness day by day. It happened as he became a man of prayer, a man of faithfulness, day after day. And the Bible tells us that what? He was a teenager when he was taken from, uh, from uh, Jerusalem. He was a teenager when he was taken into captivity, probably around the age of 15, when Daniel and his three friends, they called him Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I forgot what the actual Jewish names were, but, but the, the, uh, the, the pagan names were that. We're, we're more, more familiar with that. Now, we would consider that a big event, being dragged off. That's the first big, big event. Teenager dragged off into, into captivity. It would be another 15 to 20 years before King Nebuchadnezzar would have his dream that Daniel would have to interpret. It would be another 12 years before Daniel would interpret the next major dream. It would be another 20 years after that before he would interpret the handwriting on the wall. And then another 10 years before he was in the lion's den from teenager to a senior citizen before he's in a lion's den. And we're sitting here thinking, well, boy, that's really not the way I thought it happened. You know, I could see bang, bang, bang. These things happen. No, no. Some 70 years or more involved in the life of Daniel. Five major events in 70 years. Well, there could have been more. The truth is our big moments tend to be years apart rather than days apart. Now, we have a habit of reading the stories in the Bible and condensing their lives down to we believe that one day the water parted, the next day the sun stood still, the next day the walls come tumbling down. No. That's not the way it happened. There were years in between. And life is made up of more than a few major events in our lives. It's made, our life is made up of all the little things that happen in our lives. God uses the everyday mundane moments in our lives to develop us. God uses the everyday events of our lives to teach us how to be faithful, to teach us how to be true and trusting. And we understand this, and we've talked about this before, that sanctification is not simply a once and for all surrendered automatic decision. Sanctification is also a process. 
It's a process of becoming each day more and more like Jesus. It's becoming a mature Christian day after day after day. And because this day is boring, you know, hang in there. Hang in there. Everybody else did in the Bible. And God's not saying well, every day is going to be a, woo, it's going to be a highlight reel for you. That's not reality. That's why all the little decisions that we make for Christ are important. Each day gives us the opportunity to build our character, to build our Christian mindset and our Christian witness. And when we're faithful in our everyday lifestyle, we will be ready when the Lord calls on us, right? We will be able to experience the exceptional days when we're, when we're growing because of our everyday experience, our everyday faithfulness. We'll be able then, after day-to-day -day mature, maturing as a Christian in the Lord Jesus Christ, becoming more like him, we will, we will be more apt to receive. If we just, if the Lord just threw on us everything at once, we would just be overwhelmed. We can't experience that. We've got to grow into that. And in the midst of our doing ordinary things, we build spiritual strength. You don't become a, the, the guys in the Olympics don't walk up and, and, and pick up 500 pounds. You ever see them do that? I mean, these guys, I mean, they're big guys. They have to be. And when they, when they uh, hoist up a 500-pound weight and up over their heads, they don't start out with 500 pounds, do they? And when you're in the gym, you don't start out doing the, the, what this guy over here uh, is doing. You've got to work your way into that. When you're even out exercising and you're walking, hey boy, it takes a little stamina. You have to build strength. You have to build strength. It takes time. And you think, well, this is boring, you know. And we, we've got to adjust our minds and our hearts for what God has for us each and every day. In the midst of being faithful, of doing the right thing day after day, we also find ourselves continually building spiritual strength, spiritual muscles that we're able to, to take on uh, take on everything that the that the that God has for us, and devil's going to throw against us. And we find and we 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 find ourselves discovering more and more how to work with the power of the Holy Spirit that has come into our lives and resides in us. And the Bible tells us Romans 12:1 that we're supposed to allow the Lord to renew renew our minds. That takes time. This is, a, another, this is also a process of life, of a day after day. Now, we must guard our hearts, guard our minds, and think only of those things that are above and not concentrate on, on what we see around us. Those, those are bad. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Watching the news, reading the paper, that can depress anybody. But we need to focus on Jesus and we, we, we live above those things. Sure, that's bad, but it's supposed to be, right? 
It's supposed to be bad. If this was great down here, you know, what would we need the Lord to come back for? We're living great down here. No, the world and sin have, are doing so much to, to, to confuse and confound and kill and destroy that we need to focus on Christ and keep our eyes on him. And once again, the Bible tells us that we are clay in God's hands, molding and shaping who he needs us and what he needs us to be. And on many days, it, it might seem like God, God is causing us to go around and around and around in circles. And we, we need to realize that when God had, has us on his wheel, he's shaping us. He's moving us. He's molding us. He's, he's pushing us into something that, that, that he needs for us to be. A little bit more here, a little bit higher there, more pressure, less pressure. But he's causing us to rise higher above sin around us. And in the meantime, we're becoming examples to those who are watching our lives. He's preparing us to be a vessel of honor. He's preparing us to be a vessel that he can pour his Holy Spirit into. He's preparing us to be a vessel that will have the character and strength to bring peace around us in the middle of, of confusion and strife. And as well, we can bring salvation to others. Right? That's what the point is. Now, none of us knows how many times the Lord is going to use us. None of us knows exactly what God can do through us when we, if we would just open ourselves and allow ourselves to be totally, at any age, open to Him. Now, let's, let's think about this. In the Bible, we see that God used teenagers like David, Daniel, Hezekiah. In the Bible, we see that God used single mothers like Hagar. In the Bible, we see that God used married couples like Priscilla and Aquila and Isaac and Rebecca. In the Bible, we see that God used widows like Naomi and Anna, the prophetess. In the Bible, we see that God used senior adults like Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Caleb. Amen? So we don't know when. We don't know when. We might think, okay, I'm done. Okay, good luck with that. You know, God might have a different idea for you. You know, he may use you in many different ways, no matter what stage of life you're in. And the key in each one of these cases, the key is that each day these people allowed God to walk with them. Right? They allow God to discipline them when it was necessary. We remember the days, I remember days, you know, that when, when you heard the leathers, leather go through six belt loops and a Levi jeans, uh, you did what you were supposed to do. And I heard that leather uh, a few times growing up, right? They allow God to be pruned. Somebody, <laughs> some of us more than others, right, Kurt? <laughs> we, 
these people allowed God to prune them when necessary. Now, when a plant or a tree or a bush is being pruned, you'd think somebody's killing that thing. It's down to the nub. But then it grows to be better and bigger and more productive. They allowed themselves to be filled by God's Holy Spirit. Ordinary days that you live are days that God uses to accomplish the extraordinary. David started out that way, right? He's just taking a snack to his brothers. His dad said, here, take this food. I don't know what he was taking, bread, grapes, cheese, whatever, figs, to his brothers on the front lines. Here, they're going to need some food. They didn't have the Red Cross. To, so, so families helped feed the troops. So here's David is taking this food to his brothers and <clears throat> just an ordinary day. Then he gets there and Goliath is yelling something at everybody and life changes, right? Becomes an extraordinary day. Peter started off getting up one day like any other day, cleaning his nets, getting ready. After a long night of, of fruitless fishing, here's, here's Peter pulling his nets. He's cleaning them. He's, he's going to be folding them up. And he not only had to had to do this on an ordinary day. This guy comes walking along and says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Let me get in your boat, put out, and I'll speak to the people. And this is when Peter, Peter started his, his experience as a disciple. Today might be the day that you experience a breakthrough and experience the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. We have to be open for that. We have to be open. Our hearts need to be open. Today might be the day that the Lord opens, opens up to you a new revelation, a deeper walk with him. Come closer. Let's go deeper. Let's, I want to understand you more. And you never know what God is going to do with your ordinary days. Today may be the day your prayers change your life or the lives of a member of your family. Amen? So ordinary day breakthroughs. Don't be bored. Just look up and ask God, what, what is it you're having me do? What am I learning? Help me to learn more. Help me to do more. That's exactly where I am. And I know you can relate to that as well. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are a God that is melting and molding and shaping our hearts and our lives <coughs> as we put our trust in you. Father, help us to stay calm on that potter's wheel as it spins round and round and round and round. Help us, Lord, to be patient as you mold us into what you need for us to do. No matter what situation we may be in, and it's different for each person that's here, 
what we're going through in life, but we can learn from what we're going through. We can grow from what we're going through and be a better person. Go deeper in our walk of holiness with you. So for each person that's here this morning, we, we pray. We ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, guide us and direct us. We trust in you for our everyday moments. And we thank you for the big event days. And help us to be ready for that big event day when it comes. Lord, we love you and give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Board members, I'll see you at 5 o'clock. Everybody else, I'll see you at 6 o'clock. <laughs>